Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of ClearedCast. I'm Katie Keller, Editorial Communications Manager with Clearance Jobs, and today I have Vince Scott on the line. He is currently the founder and president of a cybersecurity company. We'll dig into that a little bit later. Uh, He has a wide range of experience in cybersecurity measures and currently uh, helps in assessments and cyber compliance. I know that with CMMC, something that we've covered heavily on the news site, Um, super important for contractors to be aware of. Um, But you also are a veteran, so I'm excited to dig into that a little bit. Uh, The Clearance Jobs audience, uh, naturally, uh, a ton of them are coming from the U.S. military. So Vince, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Katie, for having me. Um, We talked a little bit about my schedule and my, my first call this morning was actually with somebody that I served with uh, 15 years ago who called me up and said, hey, Vince, I'm thinking about getting out, um, you know, and I'm interested in these cyber jobs. Can you help me out? Can you talk to me a little bit about how that works? So it was it was, it was a great way to start my day. I really enjoyed it. Sure. Well, and uh, yeah, so I, I'm excited to get into all of that. Um, first, I thought that we could start <clears throat> uh, our audience I would hope is familiar with CMMC at this point, uh, you know, recently implemented it uh, is the cybersecurity mature, maturity model certification. Uh, again, recently implemented by the government, new security requirements for vendors. But I thought, uh, could we go over an overview of that coming from you and your expertise? Sure. Absolutely. Um, CMMC is interesting for sure. The the biggest difference in CMMC is that along with it come the requirement for a certification that you're actually meeting the standards. So previously, from a DoD cyber perspective, as they dealt with contractors, uh, they made very detailed rules and said, yeah, you guys are going to do this. And we'll just believe that everybody is doing everything that they need to do because you signed the contract. uh, But we're never actually going to inspect this. We're not going to look at it. We're not going to ask any questions about it. Uh, it will just make that assumption and we're going to move on. And, and what the DOD um, and the inspector general and several others have, have found to absolutely be the case is that was, was not a sufficient level of uh, motivation to have um, you know, companies broadly in the defense industrial base invest heavily in, in cybersecurity in order to uh, protect their information, information systems, and the government's. Uh, really, I think... Um, CMMC came about as a result of uh, two missile defense agency inspector general uh, reports, and they're actually out there on the web. If you if you dig on MDA cyber uh, in Google, you should be able to come up with them. One was originally classified. It dealt with the uh, sort of internally to MDA what they found, which was not not very good, and uh, externally what they found with MDA contractors, which was also not very good. So one of the results of that. Uh, has been, uh, we really need to have an assessment process uh, to to put some more accountability into the system across the defense industrial base. And CMMC is taking the controls that largely have been out there 
you know, at least for the last five years, uh, you know, many of them historically go back uh, even further than that. And uh, let's make sure that contractors are actually meeting those requirements. Sure. Well, an accreditation process and an accountability process as a part of, you know, the government and offering services absolutely makes sense. Um, And, you know, with some of the recent, you know, news and, you know, hacks and cybersecurity vulnerabilities, um, I'm sure we're going to keep on seeing news on that. Uh, CMMC compliance is uh, of the utmost importance. So, you know, obviously maintaining that compliance as a business, that's a way that everyone's affected. Um, how else will it affect small and medium-sized businesses? Yeah, so the the challenge with any assessment process and any, you know, standard like this is that oftentimes the controls do not scale down well. And I think this isn't unique to cyber. Um, I continue to tell a story about watching a, a special a couple of years ago about small, very small farmers and the, the FDA's requirements for them to be able to, to sell food and, and the bureaucracy and the, the controls around that. As a very small farmer, they really struggle to be able to meet that, that bar. And they're, they're, you know, the U.S. government is applying the same rules to Monsanto as they're you know, uh, applying to Jim's farmer down the road. So that's very challenging. And I think the same thing is true here with CMMC. We have a single rule set that's going to apply to Lockheed Martin, and it's going to uh, apply to Bob's Machine Shop that is a third-tier subcontractor to the DOD who sells, you know, they, he sells to a person who sells to a person who sells to a person who sells through the Department of Defense. That, that Bob's Machine Shop now, in accordance with the standard, is, is subject to this and is going to have to have a certification that he meets the cybersecurity requirements uh, from the DOD. That is going to be a very heavy lift uh, for Bob's Machine Shop. So, so I think the biggest way that this impacts small and medium-sized businesses is how do I afford to be able to do the cybersecurity things that the DOD wants me to do, perhaps quite reasonably, in order to defend my network, but the, the cost of some of those controls and defenses doesn't scale down to my five-person company very well. And that, that's a huge challenge. I don't, I don't really have a great answer for that other than do your best. Um, and, and look for inventive ways to reduce your cost in implementation uh, and still be compliant. Sure. So when it comes to this type of compliance uh, and scale, is this something that the DOD has addressed or is it something, um, you know, in your words, do your best? Is that sort of what the guidance is from the DOD? Yeah, I, I think... So I'm involved in a number of things to try and provide input to the department on the effect of this to small and medium-sized businesses and ways that the department can change their approach, right, to how they enforce and assess this in order to lower the cost for small and medium-sized businesses. And in particular, I'm focused on areas where I feel that the current standard costs a lot of money, but doesn't add a lot to what I consider to be real security based on my you know, experience. And, and, and I think that's something that the, the department really hasn't 
caught on to yet, but I'm hopeful, right? So we're, I'm, I'm, I'm working in that vein in a number of instances. On the flip side of that, so what, what, what should small and medium-sized businesses do about this? I think, you know, there's, there's a few things that you need to think about. Um, one is start your journey early. Um, we, CMMC is rolling out, rolling out more slowly than anticipated, right? It's probably a year behind at this point in my personal view. Um, but it is still coming. It is still rolling out. Uh, it's not a huge surprise that a big government program is behind schedule, right? Sure. A lot of reasons for that. We don't need, you know, we could talk all day about why that is, but it is behind, you know, their implementation of one October, uh, 2025. So the first day of fiscal year, 2026 as the full implementation everywhere across the DOD still currently stands. Although I honestly expect that that will move or be modified in some fashion, but what we, what companies are really facing is that sometime between now and full implementation, whenever that is, the contract that you care about is going to come up and say, show me your CMMC certification or show me how you're ready for CMMC. And if you're whenever, and you don't know when that day is going to come, and you don't know which contracts this is going to fall on, the DOD has just said, we're going to add it to more contracts every year and sort of has a, uh, you know, a scaled number approach to that. Uh and whether or not they need that number will be interesting, but still it, 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 it only takes one if it's the contract that you care about, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So there's this increasing risk between now and one October 2026 or whenever the final implementation date is where they say everybody has to have this. So you can't just say, well, 2026 sounds like it's a long way away and it's probably going to be delayed. So I, don't bother. Don't worry about it. I really recommend against that. I think you need to look at what you're doing in cyber today, where you're at, and where your gaps are, and start that journey and start that strategic planning on how am I going to get there eventually? If I'm going to stay in the defense industrial base, I'm going to have to meet these requirements. How am I going to do that? And doing that slowly over time, I think, is less expensive than if you have to implement it over a very short period of time. And I think that it allows you to come up with innovative answers and puts you on the path uh, to, to be prepared for this when it is enforced on you. And when that day comes where you say, boy, my, my contract renewal, they've told me I'm, I'm going to have to be, I'm going to have to be certified in order to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and so in preparing, you know, for, this process and doing self-assessments. So you are the founder and president of the Defense Cybersecurity Group, um, focused on DOD, specifically cybersecurity, all of that compliance and assessment. So um, aside from, you know, getting expertise from groups like the Defense Cybersecurity Group, what else can companies do in their self-assessments? Yeah, so you you talk about self-assessment, and and I mentioned you know, looking at where you're at, self-assessment in the DOD rulescape today has a very specific and very short-term applicability that's different than CMMC. So uh, a, a lot of times I've seen even professionals who are talking about this conflate basic self-assessment with CMMC. Basic self-assessment exists in the rules today. And the rule that was updated as, a, as an interim rule in December of last year says 
that if you process, handle, or store controlled and classified information, you must send to the department a basic self-assessment that says where you're at today. And, and the form that that takes, there's a very specific methodology put out by DCMA where you score yourself. And all you have to do is submit that score. And when you think you're going to be 100% on that score to the DOD. But that's a that's a great place. If you're in the defense industrial base today, I think every company should be doing their basic self-assessment. Now, do I process, store, handle this thing called controlled and classified information, right? Which was really what underlies CMMC. And that's the information that the department has decided needs extra protection. Uh, some great nuanced arguments in the professional community about well, if a company doesn't process, store, or handle CUI, then they don't really need to do this. Oh, that, that's cool. Uh, good luck with that with your contracting officer, though, when he says, hey, show me your score. And you say, well, but I don't really have to. Uh, but show me your score. Uh, so, so you can take that route of saying, I shouldn't be held accountable for that. I don't think I have CUI. <clears throat> uh, I real, literally am already aware of a flower shop outside of a base that was made to submit their basic score. That's really silly. But in order to keep doing good business with the Air Force Base, they had to submit their SBRS score, uh, Supplier Performance Risk System, which is where these basic self-assessment scores go. So if you're a company in the Department of Defense industrial base, um, you should have a basic self-assessment score at least ready to go so that it's not a crisis when somebody says you got to have this your homework turned in. And my recommendation is, you know, if, if you are significantly involved in the defense industrial base, in general, you're probably going to have to do this. So for most companies, it makes sense to go ahead and submit your score and get that done so that when it comes up from a contract perspective, you go, yep, my score is in. Now, in that scoring process, um, there are, you, you can potentially score negative, right? So I think... Uh, it's minus 206 to 110 is the scoring range based off the way DCMA did their, their score. Having a negative number is okay. The department up until today has, has not cared what your score is. They've just cared that you submitted a score and told them when you thought you were going to be 110 out of 110. So, so for companies, don't, I, I don't think you should be afraid of a bad score. Um, I read an article that I don't think has been widely publicized, but it is out there. Uh, someone went out and did um, analysis of 600 submissions that have been done and came back with an average score of negative 120. So if you think your score is bad, you're not alone. Bad scores are kind of seem to be average at this point. And what you don't want to do is tell the DOD you're 110 when you're really a negative 120. Uh, that is false claims. You're making a false claim to the government, and you can be held criminally and legally liable for that. Do not do that. Give them an accurate score. Sure. Well, negative 120. I mean, it's a good point that you make that people shouldn't be afraid of their scores. And noting that, you know, a flower shop that does business, you know, with the government, I mean, even, you know, an audit there, I'm just, I'm worried about these smaller contractors that keep putting it off because, you know, th those are the types that I used to support. 
And uh, I can just see something like that being a daunting task or, like you said, they're a little bit afraid of what your score might be. Um, and putting that off is probably putting you in a worse position. I, I agree completely. And that, that's why my advice number one was, was start early, start now. Um, I, I know companies, it's, it's always hard for a small and medium-sized business to say, because time is money, right? I, where do I invest my time? Uh, or my people's time, because that cost me money uh, to get prepared for this. And how much should I invest and how much time does it take? There's a lot of work in this standard. As currently constituted, I think it's the hardest cybersecurity standard in industry by far. It is way harder than the other commercial ones. Now, it's way harder for some specific reasons in the way that the DOD has chosen to implement this. And that's part of what I'm trying to you know, push back on the department about and say, you absolutely have to take, uh, you know, the, where this drives cost into consideration. And unfortunately, uh, the Department of Defense doesn't realize that they're terrible at estimating cost and understanding where actions actually result in cost for business. So it's, it's important for them to actually listen to real business owners um, about where, where the specifics of this are driving costs that maybe Maybe that's not a good risk management decision for the Department of Defense. Hey, I don't need to drive costs there, but I really need you to do this other thing, right? So that we can concentrate on, on, on using this as a mechanism to raise the bar for cybersecurity across the Department of Defense industrial base, but not killing business, uh, particularly small and medium-sized business, which is not only a majority of the companies in total, but... I feel a majority of the innovation that the department gets. Sure. It's about a balance. It's, you know, maintaining a standard, um, you know, that protects the, the United States and our national security, but, um, so keeping your business relevant, obviously CMMC will do that with the government, uh, but kind of switching gears just a little bit generally, um, with your expertise, uh, how do folks keep their businesses relevant and competitive as cybersecurity keeps on, I don't know what it's skyrocketing to, but keeps advancing um, in this digital world we live in? Yeah, and I think, you know, this is, this is part of, we have been reaping the technology dividend from information technology for many years. Um, at one point in my career, I worked for Procter & Gamble, and it wasn't true when I was there, but people who had been there for many years told me, yeah, we used to have people with carts who had hard copy files and inner office memos and they, and they walked around with their carts and delivered your hard copy stuff to you and coffee. And, uh, and, and then they moved on. Well, businesses that those, those, those jobs don't exist anymore, right? Those, the, that's been recouped as savings. I don't need to do these manual processes. Information technology enables more people to accomplish less in huge and exciting ways. And that's been awesome for business. And it's driven our, our economic advancement probably over the last 25 years or so. Awesome. The cyber, the security aspect that is now coming back with some bills to pay on it um, in terms of uh, ways in which we, we have to spend money to now secure that, that technology architecture from, from threats that I guess maybe we, some people anticipated, but we really never 
uh, addressed adequately in a broad fashion that now present significant risk to businesses. So I, I've got direct experience in uh, a number of business, small and medium-sized businesses that were put out of business uh, by a hack, right? So something like 60% of small and medium-sized businesses that are excessively attacked in cyber go out of business within six months. Uh, that's a tremendous risk for your business. So it, as you think about balancing, hey, how do I spend more time on this cyber stuff? And it's not real business. And it doesn't make me money because sales makes me money. But this is something that could put you out of business if you don't address that risk appropriately. And I think that means um, raising your bar for, for how you address cyber in your enterprise, even a very small enterprise, right? I'm sure you probably don't care about this, Vince, but uh, it just that reminds me of recruiting, you know, some of these small and medium sized businesses specifically. They don't want to invest in the resources that are needed for recruiting and to staff some of these contracts, but it's leaving those positions vacant that can put you out of business. So I, I, that just uh, kind of that struck a nerve there. But I mean, it makes sense, you know, not having. Um, not being competitive in that cyber realm can certainly put you out of business if you're not willing to, yeah. to invest in it. Yeah, and, and increasingly, I think, particularly across the board in the government space, right? Uh, this is going to be, certifications are coming. You're going to have to get certified in cyber by an independent third-party assessor. Someone is going to come into your company and want to walk around and want to sit down and want to talk to you and want to look at your logs and see that you're actually following these controls. So uh, you need to have a plan today so that when that day shows up in, in two years or three years or, you know, whenever that is, potentially even closer. Uh, I actually had a, a call yesterday uh, for one of my companies. You know, they were notified that the renewal of one of their Coast Guard contracts is going to have significantly more uh, requirements from cyber than, than previously. And, uh, you know, there, that may include an independent third-party assessment as a part of, of the new contract. So even if you win the work, you're going to have to be prepared to deal with that. So, so it, it may not be really far away that you have to deal with this in the government space. And then in the commercial space, I think you're just, you're protecting your own business. Um, you know, there, there are a number of different ways cyber is, is flowing through um, all of business. I talk to a group that's uh, owned by a venture capital firm uh, today, and their venture capital firm is very interested in cyber and is pushing down cyber requirements on them and, you know, telling them they need to get better. Why? Because that venture capital firm sees this as a risk to their business. So inside the government space or not, I think everybody's going to have to get better at this. Sure. You should care, people. Everybody should care about this kind of stuff, being protected. Um, so start early. I like that advice. So speaking of advice, uh, you uh, you did crypto work in the Navy, I believe. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the military. Let's talk about any advice on getting into the cyber world, whether that's somebody pivoting from what they did in the military after they transition out and they're like, ooh, I see all these cyber openings. I see people care about cyber. 
It's a skill set that's in demand. So give me your advice. Absolutely. So one, I think cyber is a great career field to get into if you're transitioning out of the military, really regardless of what your career field or, or MOS was. As a cryptologist, you know, I had a particular affinity and was able to, you know, move into this pretty easily. Uh, I realize that may not be, be the case for everyone, but really your military service, uh, you, you probably understand security, you understand operational security, you've had your training, you've had to deal with some of these issues, that you have a mindset that potentially you could turn to this. Um, when you're looking to transition, the military has a number of transition programs that may allow you for on the military's dime to go get a certification in cyber before you go out. Um, there's this conversation about degree versus uh, certification. Uh, you know, if you you have the time to invest to get a degree in, in computer science or cybersecurity uh, or a master's degree, if you've already got your degree, you know, to kind of retool into that field, that's great. But the, that's a two-year burn, right? The certification could potentially be much quicker. And I think it's a much lower bar. Um, look around and, and look at what areas of cyber you might be interested in and look for the opportunity to pick up a certification in this space, right? That could be Security Plus. Um, that could be, uh, you know, there, there's a ton. There, there, there are just literally all different kinds of certifications out there. In some, in some ways, what you pick uh, would be relevant to your particular circumstance and where you want to move in your career ask some advice on that. But I think a certification is a really good move. And if you can get the military to pay for it as part of your transition is, or and the, it, it does fall under VA benefits and part of your GI Bill too, they will pay for certification. Some people don't realize that. Um, that That's a really good first step um, it, it, along your journey. I think a certification, a lot of HR departments are looking for that cert to get you to the interview uh, is a key goal when you're trying to move into that next career. Uh, so certification is a must. Yeah, very great advice. So I, I actually have a horror story. Um, well, it, it may not be that horrific. It was horrific for me. So Security Plus, uh, I, I'm not going to say it's simple because I don't have it. This all is way over my head. I had an employee I was working with. We were trying to move him onto a contract. We just, we could not fill the position. And I think the government just had their eyes set on a, a person who was working on another contract of ours. So we're like, all right, what the heck? We'll just have him go through. All they want him to do is get a, sec a Security Plus certification. Traditionally, not a cyber guy. I kid you not, it was until the fourth time taking it that he did not pass mm. the exam. It was horrific. I, we, I, anyway, so any cyber horror stories that you could share of yours with us today? Yeah, well, cyber horror stories. So I, I did, I personally did not have that, that level of difficulty. I think there are, um, there are a number of certifications out there that the government recognizes uh, that are presented as classes and you get the certification as a part of the class at the end. They're not generally as well regarded by the um, uh, HR community. They're just not as well known. Uh, I've got a couple of them. Uh, certified system manager is one of them. 
uh, where you can we, we can do this as a part of a course and get a certification with it. I think that's a valuable thing to do, and it avoids the uh, uh, potentially the 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 exam was a real challenge to get through. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard some other people tell me that about Security Plus. The uh, so there there are challenges in that space. You've got to know yourself what you can do, and um, a lot of cases there are even for ones where the course does not result in a certification. You have some where there's a good gouge courses on how to take the test. Those tend to be expensive, uh, but they also tend to be fairly effective in my view in, in helping you get over the hump. Yeah. It's those nervous test takers. I mean, there, there are tons of resources if you are, you know, looking to grab some of those certs to get into the cyber field. So um, utilize those. Vince mentioned a few. Oh, and I forgot to ask uh, my favorite question before we go through some closing thoughts. Do you have a favorite place when you were in the military that you were stationed and why? Harrogate in the United Kingdom. Okay. And why so? I've never been. Um, <laughs> I haven't been anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's in the Yorkshire Dales. It's halfway between London and Edinburgh. Um the Wellington has a wonderful pint of British beer. Um, it, it's actually a beautiful place. It's it's the Yorkshire Dales is a place where Brits go to vacation. Uh, in, you know, in that that rare window of the year when it's not raining in the UK. Um, but uh, just beautiful up there. Like the people, great opportunity to see. You know, another country. Uh, that was definitely my favorite place. Excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Lastly, everyone, this is Vince Scott, cybersecurity guru for the DOD. He's telling you to start early when it comes to CMMC. Any closing thoughts for us today? Yeah, I was going to add the second piece of this is um, get help. Um, I see a lot of companies in their basic self-assessment another thing that happened to me today, right? As going over a specific control with a company and in the conversation, it was obvious the company didn't really understand what that control was asking for. The answers they gave me were not the answers to the question. And we had to go back and take a step back and go, okay, hold on. That's not what they're looking for here. Let's talk about what they're, what they're really looking for. And they, they were like, oh, okay, we can talk about that too. But because CMMC is non-trivial, getting the right kind of help early, even if that's just, hey, uh, let's spend an hour and talk advice and talk about what your journey is going to look like, et cetera, or more in-depth help. Uh, I recommend uh, finding somebody to help you uh, if you don't have expertise in the field and stay away from any company that tells you they can get you compliant in 30 days. Uh, That's disingenuine marketing. It's not true. Uh, you can't move any company from zero to compliant in 30 days uh, in this space uh, for CMMC. Uh, that so so don't don't follow that path uh, because it's probably not accurate. This is a law of the farm. Plant our seeds early. Get to work out there. Start your journey. Uh, do a little bit at a time and make yourself. You know, look at it over the next two years. I'm going to do this. Uh, we're going to be in a better place. Uh, you know, next month, next week, next quarter, next year than I am today. Uh, and keep that continuous journey slow and steady wins the race on this one. Uh, not a, a mad dash to the finish line. Um, and this is definitely, definitely, definitely not one of those government compliance requirements 
where I can have an emergency policy writing party on the Saturday and Sunday before the auditor shows up and we're going to be okay. That's not going to work. Good point. Cause I'm sure a lot of people were thinking that way. <laughs> Uh, well, wonderful. All great points, all very important things sur- surrounding the uh, cybersecurity measures and standards, the accreditation process throughout government programs. Everyone, for more cybersecurity career advice and news, you can visit news.peersdrops.com. <laughs>